Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche Podcast, day two of Draft Day Live. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by AJ Hayfley. We are just about at the end of the day, at least as far as the Avs are concerned. Their sixth round pick coming up. They did trade away their seventh to trade up later on in the draft. We'll get to all of that today. It should be a, a lot of fun digging through some of these guys and, and getting to know a whole bunch of new Avalanche players. Uh, we will cover some of what happened in the first round as well a little bit. But AJ, first off, initial impressions of this draft. How you feeling about it? <clears throat> Boy, round two really jumped off this morning. Oh man, I uh, I was having I was having trouble staying awake, and then everybody just kept trading everybody, and it was like, all right, well, this is fun. It also and took like three and a half hours, but then the glacial pace set in and it was like, this is actually taking longer than the first round. Yep. And it was not fun anymore. <laughs> what was it? I think uh, eight minutes between picks one um, 44 and, four, and 45. It was like, dude. Yeah, there. I think there was one pick where it took over 10 minutes between the two picks getting made. And so. it was, and it, and it wasn't because like a team called a timeout and there was a trade and, and like those things happen. It was entirely because they just kept cutting to commercial. Yep. They'd go to commercial. They'd come back. Somehow the pick still wouldn't be in. They'd yeah. have Brian Lawton talk about some random event for five minutes and then they'd cut to the pick. Then, yeah. They would come back and it was like, well, it was clear that the, because they had to do everything remotely as well, it was a very slow process of having to go to Bill Daly and have him throw it to someone to make the pick every time instead of every team just, like, leaning in and making the pick. Yeah. Yeah, so. and, you know, something to something to learn for the next time we have a pandemic that causes a virtual draft. Um, you don't need Bill Daly to do that. The teams know that they're up. Let's just get to it. Cool. I'm I'm very much in agreement with that. Throw them all in the same Zoom meeting and just have them. Whoever yells the loudest, that's who gets their pick in. That'd be awesome. <laughs> Gladiator style. Yeah, straight make up. All these, make all these old dudes shoot shoot for it. Fight to the death on that one. Uh, so I do want to talk a little bit more about the first round. Uh, Avs made their selection of Justin Barron in the first round. And we talked about him a lot on last day's show, but for anyone who, who missed it or didn't watch that part of the show, you have to like the pick, right? Yes. You see his grades there. We gave him eight in skating, uh, eight in defense, as well as IQ, and then sixes in offense and intangibles. Uh, that you'll see throughout the rest of the show. It is very, very clear the number one thing on the Avs board in this draft class was skating. And you know what I what I found so interesting about it is that they in previous years we they we've talked about skating over and over and over, but they hadn't drafted to it. Yeah. This was the first year that it really felt like hey, we want to we want to pick uh we want to pick great skaters, so we're going to pick great skaters. And the entire class up to this point with uh, they are they are one. They do still have one pick uh, left on the board, uh, which will be made in about five to ten minutes here. Um, all of these guys are great skaters or or in the in in terms of uh, in terms of foodie. Uh, that's underselling what a great skater he is. Yep. 
uh, arguably the best skater in the class as far as food wow. is concerned. Uh, we'll get to him in a second. I believe we do have some Baron highlights as well, just to uh, rehype this guy up. Again, the Avs didn't have a second round pick, but they do have Justin Barron. So this is kind of a must hit prospect for them to have a successful draft class. Yeah, really, um, <clears throat> because they traded their seventh, uh, they combined the seventh with their uh, fifth, and they moved up in the fifth because they didn't have a second. You're talking about a very uh, small draft class. I I tell you, if, uh, if Justin Barron hits, you're not worried about any of it. If he doesn't, you could be looking at 2014. Yeah, could be an all-time terrible draft class unless you you find some luck in the later rounds if Baron does not come through for the Avs. Uh, yeah. I do like Baron quite a bit in the offensive zone with his patience, decent puck distributor, but not really what you're expecting out of him. You want some offense there, but he's an all-around type of guy. I think you compared him role-wise for the Avs to someone like EJ down the line. Yeah, definitely. Um, because I, especially, um, you know, and I'm, I, I've written this in our uh, grading the draft piece that'll come out sometime this afternoon when our show is over. Um, this, with Baron and and because of Makar and because of Gerard and even because of Byram, even though he hasn't played yet, you know what we're expecting out of him. The the pressure for Justin Barron to be a high end two way defender just isn't there. If he if he develops and turns into a rock solid defender with a great outlet pass and who can skate the puck out of danger and reliably move the puck and generate twenty to thirty points a year, if that's if that's what he becomes, this is a big win for them. Yep, that's okay, that's that's exactly what they need. They need a stout defender who can who can still move, has some puck skills, and can kill penalties for them. A guy that's that their vision for him. The right direction, not the absolutely plays. Yeah, not not you know not a guy that you know. All respect to 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 the guys that the Abs have, but when when Cole Zadorov and Graves all get a hold of a puck, you get a little bit nervous sometimes. You know, yep. like you get you yep. you don't really know what's going to happen. Is what I'm trying to say. Like it's 100 the a lack of consistency when it comes to their puck skill, puck moving ability. And this is this is that's an area where Baron uh, Baron should should compare favorably to those guys. Uh, is that the the skating and his ability to skate the puck out? I think is going to be a weapon, but he's also a dangerous outlet passer. Uh, and and can make the the eighty foot stretch pass, and that's that that's kind of one of the, the that's one of the things about Baron's game that I like is that all of the different aspects when we're talking about a quality defenseman, he exhibits those qualities at times. Yep. There isn't there isn't a major 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 hole in his game anywhere where we're talking about okay, well, but what about this? Right. You know, he can he can play on a power play. He he won't in the NHL, but he can run one. He's going to play on a on a penalty kill. He's going to he's going to be a, a defender that plays in all situations. He's a guy that can be able to play in all three zones. It's just a good solid. Uh, it's it's just a good solid pick. The breaking news: Avs did just make their final pick in the draft, selecting Nils Aman, Swedish guy. 
six foot two, 180 pounder did play a little bit in the SHL last year for Lexins. Uh, interesting guy. We'll talk about him in a little bit at the end of the draft show. More importantly to the Avs draft, I think is their third round pick. Liam food or just, that's his older brother. I knew I was going to do it too, but John Luke foodie going 75th overall. And, and this is where the Avs leaned in to what they do best. They took the best skater in the draft class. Yeah. Uh, this is drafting to an identity. And this is <clears throat> before we get into before we get into foodie. Do we want to finish off Baron? Sure. If you got if you want to wrap that up, um, we we are we are grading each of these. Um, yeah, I that's you got our grades backwards. I think, but good yeah. work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's not on me. That's on Kale. <laughs> it's okay. Um, regardless, we're we're not far off here. Yeah, uh, I gave it. I gave it a B plus, and the only reason that I gave it a B plus instead of an A is just because uh, I've got. If you look at Paterka, yep. and you look at some of the forwards that were that were still on the board, In that you range. could argue that they are higher upside guys and have a better chance to be more impactful than Baron. For Colorado, yep, and also he just did not have a good draft year. Like you're, you're really drafting on potential here rather than a lot of substance. And because of that, I I do feel like there is a ding in the grade a little bit. But as much because as much as I like Baron, you know, not a great draft season, injury problems, more uh, more question marks than we would have had for a guy like Paterka, who would have been a solid A for me. I I had it at a B plus and I bumped it up to an A minus because at the end of the day the drafts the Avs took the top defenseman on the board at a pick that we talked about a lot we didn't think a defenseman was going to be there yeah so they definitely. got something that their organization needed out of this pick and I think it worked out very well for them uh yeah I would um, total I'm totally agree with you there so quality pick for the Avs either way whichever way you want to grade it Liam Foodie. The next one up is other than being a great skater, AJ, what are you banking on in this kid to, to make it to the next level? Uh, well, he's got to develop. Uh, he's got to develop some consistency in the offense. Did I say Liam um, again? Dang it. I'm going to do that so much. Jean, yeah. Jean Luke. Um, yeah. He is, he's, he's a dynamite skater and I, th- I think could easily play in the middle of the ice. Ultimately, I think he probably will end up along the wall. Um, Certainly, if he's an Av, I would yeah, think along did, the wall. and that's that's more of a because of Colorado situation than anything about him. Um, but I I do you have to I mean the skating is so dynamic, right? It's it's game breaking level of skating. Yeah, you'll see it on the highlights here. The kid can just fly, and. That's that's all good and well. The the playmaking and the shot are just they're they're a little I don't I don't love the shot. I like the playmaking. I don't I, love I don't love the shot though. I, I exactly agree with you, actually. Um the shot he gets by with the playmaking oh ability. God. Yeah. 
<laughs> when he's reading plays well, when he's using his skating to create space and can hit a player on his on his line, that's when he's at his best in the zone. Yeah, absolutely. He's not a guy that I think is I, I don't think that there are twenty goal seasons in his future. I I don't think so either. You're looking at someone to to distribute pucks. You want him to, to beat people with his speed and then put goal scorers around him to play yeah. off of. The the one the the you know who he really reminds me of is uh, Andreas Athanasiu. I don't I don't not think he's a shooter, but yes. yes. I don't think he's as good a shooter as Athanasiu, but the 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 dynamic skating and the way that he's going to succeed in the NHL, I think, are going to be similar. Yep, just go at guys with your speed and and take them. Yeah, and and if you could get a, a more defensively responsible Athanasiu, or even you know a little a little different look, you end up with a Grabner. If he could develop that defensive game, that you get a you get a Michael Grabner type career out of him, you'll he would be a huge boon to them. I do think the defensive side does have a long way to go for him. Um, his skating helps him a lot to just get by in the defensive zone, but yeah. he needs to understand how to play defense if he wants that to be part of his game at the next level. I think the the IQ questions that kept him from being a first-round pick um, offensively, they exist defensively, too. Yep, uh, and he's not a guy that he he's not a guy that is an exceptional defender yet. I think a lot of that is just processing. It's just reading the game. Um, that's a that's a concern. Like that's a yeah. that's a con- that's it's a why concern. You draft this guy in the third round. Yeah, that's why he was available at seventy five, uh, despite being a, a top f- probably thirty offensive talent. Yep, but the all around game and the fact that he plays. He plays slower than he skates. He needs he needs the brain to catch up to the body. And if it can ever even come close, he's an NHL player. I agree. I, it's Look, we talk about previous third-round draft guys for the Avs, guys like Bocage. You draft an NHL ability in these players and hope the rest of the game comes together. The Avs drafted NHL skating in this guy. It's it's pretty much as simple as that. Uh, we do need to take our first period break here, as we are presented by a number of sponsors, the main one being DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. If you haven't downloaded it yet, there is still time. Week four of football is over, so we're moving into week five, and DraftKings Sportsbook will not stop with their amazing offer. Since you guys seem to love it so much, if you're on a new account you can get a fantastic offer through them they're also giving you the chance to get a sign up bonus of one thousand dollars they will match whatever you put in for up to one thousand dollars when you sign up use code dnvr be sure to jump on that and if football isn't for you basketball fans get a 200 percent profit boost on any basketball market once you sign up so if you want to bet on the finals before they're over you can do that if you're not in on the finals go bet on something crazy like serbian basketball or table tennis or whatever you want to bet on they have pretty much every sport under the sun so download that top rated DraftKings sportsbook app now and use promo code dnbr when you sign up to get that one thousand dollar sign up bonus code dnbr one last time it's for a limited time only at DraftKings sportsbook must be 21 or older colorado only bonus comprised of a first deposit 
bonus and first bet match, each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Kind of continuing to walk through the Avs draft show here. I, the... I don't think there's a lot of diversity in the Avs draft. I will say that. Um, I think I disagree, actually. Do you think? I, I do. Um, <clears throat> because we're talking with uh, with Baron, you're getting more of a, we're talking, we want that guy to succeed defensively. We He needs to be a good two-way guy. We're looking at that as like a, PK defender with good skating ability and some offensive punch. Foodie, it's kind of the opposite conversation. Foodie, we're talking about a dynamic offensive talent that needs to develop defensively. And his role in the NHL is all over the board. It kind of just depends on how he develops. You know, he could he could be a turbocharged Matt Nieto if if certain things don't come come around for him, you know, like the the shot is a question mark. Is he going to be able to finish? If he's a, if he's a guy that's only going to be able to score 10 goals a year, you know, it's very Matt Nieto-esque, a, a great skater with some finishing problems. But Nieto was able to turn himself into a very good defensive player. Foodie would still need to do that. So with Foodie, it's like, which, you know, could, could, could he be in the top six someday? I definitely think he could be. He could end up on, on Alex Newhook's wing, and those dudes just rip roar up and down the ice and just be like, just try and catch us. <laughs> you know, like well, it's. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear. There's a, big, there's a big variable with with foodie is what I'm saying. And I think Baron's Baron's role in ceiling and path is, is much narrower. And we both clearly have at least some faith in foodie here. If we can pull up the grades we gave him for that or the abs rather for that pick. John Luke Foodie getting A's from both of us. Yeah, uh, it, it's not just drafting to identity. It's not just finding talent in the third round. Uh, looking up and down, I don't think there was a better player available at pick seventy-five for the Abs to take. So they let the draft come to them, and they took the best guy that they could. Definitely, that the value of it, I think, was also part of what what I really liked about it. Because if you go and you look at all the guys that were available on the board, you can make a, a strong argument. Foodie was the best guy. Yep. And he was certainly in the, the handful of guys uh, that you had to really you had to really consider were like the top guys on the board right there. I didn't think Foodie would have had a chance to get to 75. Yeah, I, I was certainly a little surprised by it as well. But you take what you can get in the NHL draft, especially when you only have two picks in the top hundred. Yeah. And for them, for me two pick, they have two picks in the top hundred and they walked out with two top 50 talents. And yep. I think that's, Call that's that a win. you have a first and a third round pick. And I think that's, that's good work. All right. You got to like that. Moving on to their fourth round pick 118th overall Colby M. Brogio playing out of the tri city storm in the USHL over last year. We don't have the the full five number grades, but again, another fantastic skater for the Avs. Yeah, this is. I'm. <clears throat> I don't know. 
He doesn't know. This one, I just I can't shake Tyler Weiss. Here, I I agree to you to a certain extent. It's a very similar style of player, but I think two key differences are one, while he is shorter, he doesn't look quite as small out on the ice. Yeah. He does look like he can skate into contact range a little bit better than Weiss can. And two, I do wonder a little bit about Weiss's ability to finish. I have less thoughts about that or less negative thoughts when it comes to Ambrosio, at least at the level that he's played at. Weiss, Weiss was definitely way more playmaker and Ambrosio is a shoot first guy. Yep. He is. He's a guy that's going to fire pucks. He was one of the leaders in the USHL in shots, uh, yeah. shots on goal and, and shots generated shot attempts. All I of think that. we have his highlights and, and you'll see, honestly, the highlights aren't that different from foodie. It's a different league, but he just flies into the zone. He likes to get the puck and he likes to pull the trigger. Um, yeah. A guy that, what I did like about him in, in pulling clips is I think he's pretty smart off the puck as well. He's, he's good at understanding how to use his skating to find the soft spots. So depending on, on how you feel about drafting a guy this small. Oh, what poor defender. Yeah, just made him fall over. <laughs> Straight up fell down. Oh, that was tough. It's, feel bad for him on that one. <laughs> but uh, look, this is coming out of the USHL. So gauge what you want out of it. It's it's a really a junior A league. It's not major juniors, but it's also a very low scoring league. And this guy led yeah. his team in points throughout the season. And this this was something I think <clears throat> that I, that was interesting is that he was. Uh, this isn't this isn't an overage kid. This is the, you know this was a kid that was a point per game on not uh on a on a team in the USHL that was like they were okay and for him to go a point a point per game jumping up you know he doubled his production um in his second year in the USHL and like that's not that's just not a league where you see smaller guys have a lot of success you know when when they drafted Cam Morrison out of that league as a as a thirty goal guy in the one year he played there, you know he was he was a big wide body with a great shot, and that was that okay well that that was a perfect fit for that league, but this this kid is not that you know he's he's a guy who has to work he had to work a lot harder for what he got there, and I think that that's that's encouraging you know that that. You feel good about that, and you really feel good that he's going to Boston College. Yeah. Gets to play with uh, Alex Newhook this year. Well, and and, and you know, like <laughs> he he's gonna have to learn how to play a bottom six role. Yep, uh, he's gonna have to learn how to be a depth guy at that size and play around other good players. It's really a a, a wonderful environment for him to go and try and and figure out his identity as a successful hockey player. And 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 what's going to translate and get him into the NHL? If he's going to translate to a pro, if he's going to translate to the NHL, he's got to figure out how to be successful at his size with his skill set in a bottom six capacity because he probably won't ever be a top six player in the NHL. If he develops and and he just becomes this offensive dynamo and you know they end up with a Johnny Gaudreau type thing, you're you great. take the found money then, yeah, awesome. 
realistically, this is a kid that's going to have to use a, a great program to develop uh, more as a, he's going to have to be a role player in college. And that sets him up to be a role player in the NHL. And I, I think that with his skating and his shot, those are translatable. We always talk about you when you get later into the draft, you're giving away skills. Yep. And with with this kid, the skating is there, the shot is there, the size is a concern. Even, but he is stockier than what Weiss was. We remember Weiss was was tall, but he was real real yeah, thin. Was taller. Sure. Yeah, he's. I think Weiss is five eleven. This kid's five nine. Right. He was five eleven, but he was one hundred and fifty pounds. Yep. That's that's a huge that's a huge problem. So and at 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 five nine, even at five eight, one hundred and seventy pounds, he's already way more built. Yep. Uh, and and at a size that he could manage in in the NHL, if he fills out a little bit more in in college and he gets himself up to one eighty or one eighty five, as long as it doesn't take too much from his skating, if he can fill out the frame just a little bit. This could be a kid that we really talk about. Yeah, I, I definitely think there is room there. And I'm, I am curious how he translates to the NHL. Yeah. You know, if he makes it there, are you talking about more of a Matt Nieto type, not on like one of the path food he has to the NHL? Or maybe are you looking more at like a Jamie McGinn third line scorer that can do enough defensively? <sighs> Boy, I'm I would have a hard time seeing him in a Jamie McGinn like role where I, I, I I'm not I comparing them like with they're you, but I'm just thinking a shoot first type player that likely yeah. ends up in a bottom six role. Yeah, I boy, I don't know, man. Also interesting that I'm looking into this. Baron, foodie, um, whoever they just took is the only one that isn't. So Neil Zaman. Yeah, he's not, but the other four Baron foodie Ambrosio and Rolston are all right-handed shots. I, I would say that that's probably more coincidence. Um, I, I think so too, but it, it's interesting that you look at the abs current roster and you go, Hmm, not that many right-handed shots here. Yeah. It's been something that, that Bedner's kind of, Wind is the wrong word, but noted in multiple press conferences over the years where he's like, well, we don't have a right-handed shot, so I have to put Comfer here. Yep. You know, because he didn't have another one. And, you know, it's especially if you're taking defensemen, taking guys who are right-handed is great. Well, this is fine. Funnily enough, the Avs have never really struggled for right-handed defensemen. It's more been a a forward issue for them, but yeah. Yeah. I will say um, with it, with the Ambrosio, I, what I don't love about it is that it's a long shot from the moment the pick is made. Sure. It's, it's like, I get that. Like these, these, these like late round guys, all these guys are long shots, but even for long shots, this is a long shot. There, there are players where you pick high floors, and he does not have a particularly high floor. Right, like you pick like a you pick like a physically mature guy who, wow, Cole Reinhardt got drafted. Really good for him. Neat. Really goes with my my theory that Ottawa is punting this draft. <laughs> um, but we've seen we've seen Cole Reinhardt in 
abs camps the last couple of years. Yep. Well, with the Brandon connections. Uh, anyway, sorry. I just, it just happened. So I just, um, but what I was saying with, with the Ambrosia, what I don't like is that the, the, it feels like a long shot of long shots where you're, you're banking on, you're, you're banking on him going strong against a lot of history. Either he's a really small guy who can find a way to succeed in the bottom six, or he's a really small guy who can find a way to succeed in the top six. Yep. Both don't have long track records of success. Guys who are five foot eight just really don't have a lot of success in the NHL. Like we, we talk about, oh well, size is size is becoming less of a thing, but that's small. Yeah, I'm trying. I should to, say that's short. I'm trying to think how many guys that are that short really successful in the bottom six. Nathan Jerby. Yeah, Nathan Gerby, Rocco Grimaldi in Nashville. Yeah, that's true. He's carved it out, and that took him time. Yep. He he didn't really find an everyday NHL job until he was 25. Yeah. It's – there really are not many, man. I mean, Martin St. Louis and Johnny Gaudreau are the small stars. Yeah, well, that – if you find a guy who's talented enough to play offensively in the top six, I think that's a very different conversation about a small guy than than one who's trying to Definitely. break into the bottom six. And Definitely. while it's not off the table, you're throwing up a prayer if you're hoping a guy drafted in the fourth round is making your top six. Yeah. And while, while none of these guys outside of um, the Swedish kid that they just took – um, none of these mid-round guys have great size. I mean, I think Rolston has good it's, size, but it's it's fine. It's not a detriment. Um, but I just don't think that that's uh a... yeah, sure. Foodie is a little bit on the small side, and then uh, Ambrosio is very small. Yeah, and that's that's kind of where I struggle with it. If I look, if they had swapped their fourth and fifth round picks, how would I feel? kind of the same <laughs> i would kind of feel similarly because my problems with with the ralston pick would still exist yeah and maybe even just be more magnified what i what i do like about it though is that it's a it, it the same thing that i liked about with tyler weiss is that it's a bet on skill you're yeah. you're taking a guy who's got skills that you like that you value and you're saying okay let's see how they develop what i really like about it is that he's going to bc with Weiss going to Uno, it was kind of like, well, he's going to get to play a lot. But he doesn't have talent around him. But, yeah, the talent around him, the quality of the program, like, it's a, it's a solid program. I swear to God, I'm not knocking the program. Because I know I know how those some of those programs get. Like, the nine people who are diehards will freak out and come after me. But there's no Alex Newhook there. There's no there, well, and He's not playing. Weiss is not playing a role that will translate that will translate for him into the pros. Right. Whereas, whereas Ambrosio is going to go to BC and play a bottom six role, play more of a role player job, maybe even learn how to do a little bit of PKing, special teams, all that, all that stuff, and start adding feathers into the cap. You know, start diversifying the game. Weiss isn't doing those things. Uh, as we close up the Ambrosio conversation, we do have his grades from AJ and I as well. AJ. I think we see this draft very similarly, you and I. (laughs) 
Yeah, and for the record, have not talked about these grades yeah. with each other. We both submitted them individually right before the show. And <laughs> oh, in, in different places, so didn't even see them. I didn't even see yours until uh, just recently. <laughs> yeah, so it, we both gave them a C plus, um, kind of for the reasons AJ talked about. I didn't go any higher than that because there are some currents, some concerns in how he gets to the NHL level. But you got to like the skill. Obviously, a great skater is a great ticket to have if you're trying to get a guy to the NHL level. Yeah. Also, not the world's biggest fan of the name Colby. Yeah, it's not a great name. Colby's not a great name. I'm with you on that. Was not, was not factored into my grade. Just throwing it out there. Ambrosio is a good name, though. I like the last name. Yeah. It's a delicious, a delicious fruit salad. <laughs> We can take our second period break there as it's time to acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Not drinking any today. Had enough on last night's show. So so we'll call it good for the day. Got to recover a little bit. Maybe I should have took some hair of the dog. I don't know. But you can find it at the source down at the farmhouse in Littleton. If you want to get it picked up curbside, you can do that and get $5 off when you use code DNVR. So be sure to give them a shout, or you can always go down to the DNVR bar and get it on tap. Eight different types on tap there. And if you just want to stay wherever you are, whether that's across the country, you can use their Breck Beer Locator online to find a liquor store near you with Breckenridge Brewery. Of course, we have WGT Golf as well, our gaming sponsor. We have tournaments every single week at this point. We are officially over the 200 mark in DNVR3, our third clubhouse. So only a couple spots left there before we will have to start DNVR4. Be sure to get in while you still can on that. We have tournaments every weekend. Like I said, you can play stroke play, match play, ton of awesome other ones as well on true-to-life courses like Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, a bunch of others. So... Come play some video games with us. It's always a fun time. Third period of the day. As as you and I get into our uh, off-season, NHL 21 comes out. Yeah, it's happening. Especially because we're going to start playing a lot more. coming to PC, too. That'll help you. Yeah, it helped me a lot. (laughs) But... Anyway, third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Draft Day Live here. Let's get into the fifth rounder. The Avs were willing to move up 10 spots to get Ryder Rolston, giving up their seventh round pick in the process to do it. Rolston, another very, very good skater, but he has a little bit more size. Uh, He does have a bit of pedigree, played as a 17-year-old with the USNTDP before going to Waterloo this year. True. (laughs) True. (laughs) Uh, he's that's a great picture. Yeah, I do quite like that picture. I imagine that's exactly what he looked like when he got drafted. He does have uh, some of the connections in the bloodlines as well. Uh, Relationships talk, man. Yeah. Um, we we didn't mention it yesterday, but Justin Barron, the younger brother of Morgan Barron, who is besties with Av's draft pick from last year, Matt Steinberg. Yep. Um. Also, because of the, you know, Nova Scotia Maritimer, all those guys know each other. They all skate together. You know, Nathan McKinnon has skated with Barron, and uh, it's based on what Sackick said yesterday. Sounded like he made a case for Barron. Uh, you know, not that not that the ads were like, well, Nate loves him. So, you know, they did their, obviously they have their own evaluation process, but like relationships talk. No offense to Nathan McKinnon, but 
he's not the uh, the scout player I would pick of the Avs roster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, here's <clears throat> Rolston's highlights for you. Another kid out of the USHL, but you can see the fantastic skating there. Has a decent shot. I don't think I'm as high on it as a lot of people are. I do like his backhand quite a bit. It's but, not his dad's shot, but yeah, definitely not. <laughs> I think it's probably eighty percent of it. Maybe seventy. I'd say seventies. Yeah, maybe even like sixty-five, sixty. But um, well, nice short change, you know. I don't. I don't know about that. I think he's. I think he's got a really good shot, especially for a kid drafted in the fifth round. That's fair. For a fifth rounder, it's a pretty darn good shot. I mean, uh, look at that thing. I, I that like release that. and that placement. I that like was the accuracy. I worry level. about the power a little bit at the next level. But uh, the thing about him is you're not going to get a complex that was, game. That was that was a really, really over-the-top <laughs> celebration. It was a motegle. That, that last highlight, yeah. you did, It better be. <laughs> that better not be a goal three minutes into the first period. <laughs> True. Uh, but <laughs> this is weird to me because while he is a very, very good skater, I do get some similar vibes to Cam Morrison out of him coming out of the USHL. He's a guy who plays a pretty simple game, going to go to the front of the net, going to get to the dirty areas, get some garbage goals. And oh. he goes going to Notre Dame. Amir Miftikov finally got drafted. Too. Someone actually drafted him Tampa. So it was probably so a good one about to be an all-star. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, Sorry. Anyway, <clears throat> I, I disagree. You do? Yeah. I don't get I don't get Cam Morrison vibes out of Ryder Rolston at all. So what do you get then? I don't know that I have a really strong sure. like player comparable because I think this is I think this is a guy with a very clear path forward into the NHL. What he does well will be what he has to do well in the NHL and the role that he's going to play. He's, you're not even contemplating a top six guy here you're talking this is going to be a high energy role player that throws the body and has a has a nice shot that can contribute in your bottom six score you a couple of goals and i i don't i i like his skating it's i think it's fine um i like the shot i like the energy i like the try hard i i just don't think that there's not a there's not a, a high end skill here. There, this, I, there's no, I agree. but but it, him going to Notre Dame will fit because he's going to learn to play a style and he's going to maximize the aspects of his game that are ready or that will get him into the NHL. Cam Morrison didn't. None of that happened. Cam Morrison was a goal scorer who needed to go play for so to go play for a school that was going to let him do more than stand in front of the net and bang home pucks. The, the, it was one that needed to get him out into transition, break him out of his comfort zone and, and, ex, and, and just expand his game because there was more expected there. There was more talent in, more, in Cam more, Morrison. I, I hear that. I understand it's a difference between a second and a <clears> fifth <throat> round pick. All right. There, there was some upside there to Morrison, but at this point at where Morrison ended up, you're looking at, I guess maybe that's a better way to put it. Like you said, he's going to come into that role that Morrison is leaving at Notre Dame 
and he should fit it perfectly. He shouldn't have any trouble at all jumping yeah. in and being that guy for a Notre Dame team instead of a miscast Morrison. Yeah, a waste of his talents. You know, and even though even though more like Morrison's biggest problem was his skating never got better. Yeah. I don't think it was. I, I think it was just that simple. I don't think it was skill. I don't think it was hands or any of that. He had a, he had continues to have a really good shot. It was just skating with Ralston. I just don't think that the skill level is there. And this is a guy that I want to see him kill penalties. I want to see him wreak havoc defensively. I want to see him throw the body. I want to see him piss off the other team. You know, I want to see I want to see a classic kind of grinder type of type of player here cuz I think that's who he's going to have to be. And at Notre Dame, that's, you that's know, what they I'm, built, yeah. That's exactly. That's that's what they create in in their forwards. So I think that it's a it's a great fit for his college the same way that Ambrosio going to BC will prepare him. Rolston and Ambrosio, it, it's a it's a race to see who can who can role player it up first and get the ELC. The the greatest trade ever just happened. Uh, for the record, 187th pick is the one on the clock right now. Detroit? Col- yes. Columbus traded pick 207 to the Blue Darks to Anaheim for a seventh round pick either next year or the year after. That's it. Columbus decided they were done with the draft today. Good for them. <laughs> so they were done. They didn't want to make another pick. They didn't want to sit around in what would be our eight of this draft in today, I think. Because it started tech and officially the start time was 930, and it's just about 430 mountain time here. So that'd be seven hours of day two of the NHL draft. <laughs> Relationships talk, dude. Detroit takes a draper. <laughs> uh, Ryder Rolston. The drapers. Getting back to the Avs, Ryder Rolston's grades here. Uh, AJ giving a B. I was a little bit lower on him giving a C. This is a little bit more about value for me. Uh, look, I get there's not much value in a fifth or a seventh, but trading up 10 picks to give up another lottery ticket isn't my favorite thing in the world. With that being said, C isn't a bad grade for a fifth round pick. You took a guy that you liked, go for it. AJ, why'd you give him the B? Um, Well, because I think that for a fifth rounder, I'm looking for a role player here. And I think that he's, he fits that. He understood. I think he hasn't, he understands who he is. Um, God, is he really six one? I thought he was more like six foot, but okay. I like that size then. That's good yeah, stuff. Yeah, I like his size too. And when he fills out too, if he I mean he gets to six one, one ninety, one ninety five, he's gonna be a little physical I, monster. Man. I just I have concerns about his ability to think the game fast enough at the next level. Yeah. I mean I have concerns about the skill level and I don't, I mean, he's a long way from the NHL. Again, still a fifth round pick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, and like, he just doesn't have to develop a ton of skill to, to get there. I think just be really good defensively, be reliable and have just enough offense in the NHL to give you 20 points. Yeah. That's a, that's a role player basically to a T. So, 
hopefully, you know, the Avs find something here. The last one, uh, their last pick, the sixth rounder, we don't have a ton on. Uh, Nils Amon, guy out of Sweden, another guy with good size, six foot two, uh, 170 pounds. Uh, more than that, I think, actually, but eh, 180, close enough. Um, not a ton known about the guy, but we had a we had a tweet that I was hoping that we could pull up about him. Yeah, I can pull it up if it's not ready to go. All right, I'm on it. I'm on it. Don't worry. It's it's right there. Bam. Strong skating center with nice hands, was a dominating player in the best junior team in Sweden, now in the SHL this season. Strong two-way game, good size down the middle. So Yeah. So it's 20 years old. Yep. So this is them once again going back to the well of... An older guy. Yeah, an older guy, but a European older guy so that you don't have to make the Luca Burzan, Brandon Sajan... They can leave the contract for in two one years, year. right? Um, they can, they can, they can hang out with this dude. Yep. They can kind of let that that Simmer let that be a little bit. Yeah. Um. And for for where they were, there wasn't like anybody on the board that I'm like, oh my god, I wish they'd taken this guy. You know, there's no, there's no the Chukovic conversation this year. It's Okay. They got they got a center with really good size who's coming off of kicking the shit out of the J20s. Like, Pretty much. Okay. It's got it's got Igor vibes all over it. Except he's Swedish. <laughs> and yeah. a year older. Definitely definitely fair. This is these but these are the type of guys you get into in the sixth, seventh round where you have a scout who saw a guy he liked them take a flyer on him. Yeah. And when good size Swedish guy, the, what little we know about him says that he's, he's a two way guy and he works hard. Yep. Great. So we're not talking about a guy who's going to blow your doors off with any kind of skill here. You're trying to, this is, this is, we're trying to get a fourth line center out of this guy. Yeah. That's their, that's their, their approach with this is that, we're trying to get a fourth line center. Now, this is not because he's already 20. This is not a guy where you give him the typical four year European leash. You want two years, basically. You want to know within within two years, and honestly, maybe even within a year, you need to have some kind of an idea because yep. he's gonna he should be a full time SHL player this year. Yep. And how he does, how he adjusts to that league is gonna go a long way in being able to tell you what you're hoping for. But definitely two years and then bring him over on a on a two year ELC uh, at twenty three. See what he's got at the AHL level. Yep. Maybe exactly. find something. Yep. Maybe. And I I I would say what I don't love about this is because he is older, he is on that faster track where he gets to a pro you contract. Can't give him four years to find something, sure. <laughs> well, and and they already have so many guys that they're going to be transitioning into pro hockey in the next year or two that if he if he has a great year in the SHL and they give him an ELC in a year and he comes over to the AHL next year, that dude is competing with all the guys they're giving contracts to. Yeah. You know, Mutala and Berzan and 
uh, Bocage and Ranta, you know, like all those guys are going to be going to the Eagles at the same time. So because he is, because he's a little older, I, that's my concern. So here you go. If you want to see a picture of him, we do at least have that to show for you. Does um, he have a dog? I pro- Based on every other pick the Avs have made in this draft, he should have a dog, but. I should have pulled up that Morgan tweet. It was perfect. Yeah. Yeah. She went and she went and dug up pictures of all the prospects with their dogs, and it was like this is the this is the real draft day stuff. Yeah. The the NHL pupper draft twenty twenty confirmed. Yeah. That should be the next DNVR event. <laughs> oh yeah, that. no. And we somebody else just did it too. Oh yeah, you got even more? New Jer- New Jersey uh New Jersey just just punted. Just said we're done. Yeah. They, <laughs> By the time Arizona of all teams, Arizona traded up for they traded a 2021 seventh for 192nd overall. Pittsburgh just punted as well, trading uh, their pick to Washington for a pick next year. <laughs> so oh man! You hit hour seven, and NHL the, teams are just done. The Sens did not qualify Anthony Duclair. Really? That's interesting. That's an interesting one. We can have that conversation on tomorrow's show. Yeah, so somebody did uh somebody somebody did ask um about free agency. Do you guys actually think Sackick doesn't chase in free agency? Sure. I mean, like, find Chase. <laughs> right. Like, the, let's be real here. There was never, never a conversation that the Avs were going to go out and they were going to just roll in a huge free agent class. And it was always like Taylor Hall or Brendan Dillon. And that, that was it. Unless they moved multiple guys out. They just, there was never the money for that. We even talked about that. We always said, hey, They'll have the money to do whatever they want, which is still true. They have all the flexibility and the money to do what they need to do. But that also includes moving a guy like a Joster as a door out of town. Yeah. If anybody was, if anybody, I don't, I personally, I hadn't seen any reporting or any kind of conversation that the abs were going to go ham in free agency. That never made any sense whatsoever. Um, so if anybody was reporting anything like that, it was mis- it was misleading right. right the the things that make sense for the abs are to make their offers to the targets they have and if yeah. taylor hall wants to come great if he doesn't he doesn't yeah if they want to get weird and go and give jacob markstrom six and a half million dollars they they have the money to do that yep there would have to be a subsequent move but they have the money to do that so you know, they they won't they won't free agency day will be about what the abs find on the trade market. Yeah, see, and when Friedman's saying that the abs are all in, I think he's probably right. I think that they are aggressively pursuing upgrades via the trade market, and that they understand. Like Colorado's, <laughs> Colorado can do the same math that you and I can sitting here looking at right. cap friendly. They know how to and looking numbers. at Nathan McKinnon's contract. And saying we've got three years until this gets much harder. Yep. They have that same, they have the all of that same information. All so, in doesn't mean going out and signing bad contracts, though. Would 
what I would uh, what I would like to get into here before we get out of here, though. Sure. Just because we were going to talk. Yeah. We'll, we'll have a lot more on free agency in the next two days. Yep. Um, just hot gossip time. <laughs> it's not normally something that I like to do uh, because I, I I just don't know. You sneak in it in at the end of the show is why. So on the rewatch, nobody catches this part. <laughs> <laughs> you never you never know how accurate any of this is sure so take it Um, with a heap of salt yeah take it with a grain of salt but there was a lot of talk last night that colorado was aggressively trying to get ahead of uh not not ahead of but trying to get up in the draft to get askarov that they were they were really trying uh and that obviously like nashville that's problematic (laughs) yep that guy landing in their division that's a problem not great but had he gotten past Nashville, I think they were trying. They were trying to. They were oh. trying to go get the goalie, and then on the other on the other side of it, when um, Schneider fell to where he did, they they wanted to try and move up as well. And New York just had a better third round pick. Schneider makes a lot of sense for them too, given the type of defenseman that they're looking for. But yeah, I mean Schneider as a as a good skater at six three that's gonna put through dudes through the wall would have been a perfect fit for them. That's why I said that's why I said I liked him more than Goulet for the Avs. Yep. Was that it was just a better fit. So I think um I thought that was fun. Yeah. Finding that out last night that they ask Robin Schneider. Schneider, not surprising, especially the way that he fell and sure. how close sure. that he got. It right. made all the sense in the world. But the Askarov thing I thought was a lot of fun. Would have been that they, that they were like, hey, let's try to get to 10 Joe. with Winnipeg and let's just let's just take Askarov right in front of Nashville and pull the rug out from under David yeah, Poyle. That you know? would have been a crazy live show for us if that happened. Dude, could you imagine this? I would have gone bananas <laughs> because I love Askarov. I yeah. think he is the truth. And to see him, oh man, that would have been awesome. But I thought it was a fun rumor and I thought I would just share it because it's rumor season and we're all just rolling around in the, the mud at this point. I mean, I'm excited now because I can watch hockey and get my abs fixed now. I can watch Baron in the QMJHL. You still have Andon and playing in the Liga. You got this Nils Amon guy in the SHL, all playing like not right now, right now, but their seasons yeah. have started. We'll see how it goes with the KHL, though. You know, one of those teams had 18 guys test positive for COVID today. Yeah, well, that's a straight outbreak, so- man. <laughs> Hopefully the European leagues are a little bit more keeping it together. That's my yeah. hope. But uh, um, yeah, I I'm, I loved it. Keep an eye out for AJ's grade piece coming out. I'm going to have a video with the breakdowns similar to what you saw on our draft show live for Justin Barron later tonight mm-hmm. as well. A little film room action. Yep. Yep. So should be a, a lot more draft coverage for us to wrap up and then yeah. immediately jump into the free agency stuff on Friday. I think tomorrow we'll probably split the show between wrapping up central division drafts, drafts that we liked yeah. around the league, yep, that stuff, and then put the draft behind us. 
uh, for at least a couple of days because we're going to jump right into the free agency. We're going to get into the RFA qualifying deadline was today. Um, as we expected, there are some interesting guys that did not get QOs that will make the market that much more interesting tomorrow. Exactly. Exactly that. It should be a fun rest of the week and into the weekend. And then it'll hit next week and it'll be a couple months of darkness, but yeah, we could probably just keep talking about the draft for a couple more days and then, uh, you know, get on with it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe see if we can get some of our panelists that we had, uh, preview to preview the draft to come back and During the say, Hey, how did, how did the abs do? Yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Super excited to, to deep dive into all these guys that are now official abs and, and keep all you posted on all of that. So we are going to get out of here for the day. Of course, we are sponsored by Chevalier mortgage and call Virginia directly at three zero three two five seven six five seven eight or visit dnvrmortgage.com to hit these guys up. And when you go to dnvrmortgage.com, you can win yourself a free DNVR shirt or hat. So don't pass that up. But more importantly, get your setup, get yourself set up for a free consultation to discuss all of your options when it comes to a mortgage. Mike and Virginia Chevalier are not only diehard Broncos fans and proud CSU alums, but they have supported DNVR for a long time. So please give these guys a look. Supporting our sponsors is supporting us. They are a husband and wife team with over 15 years of financial services experience. So they know what they're doing. They can help you out. Again, a free consultation. They know your home is likely one of your largest assets and your mortgage, your largest debt. And they just believe it's vital to consider your financial picture when you purchase a home. So thank you everyone for watching, listening, consuming, really appreciate all y'all, especially showing out yesterday. Uh, it was an awesome show. So much fun. Yeah, it was. And it, I, I mean, it would have been all for not had, uh, had none of, had you guys not shown out to exactly to support and hang out and had a, had a blast with you guys. It was, it was honestly, it was an, it was an amazing time. So love you guys much appreciated. Thank you for, for supporting us. And that is it for today's show. We'll be back tomorrow to wrap up draft slash dig into the free agency stuff until then we'll talk to you later.